that it's called Leitare Sunday, which means be happy, rejoice. So the, the difference between the two, I, there's an image of one of sparklers. I think we've all seen sparklers on the 4th of July. You, as a kid, you'd have them in your hand, and that's kind of like a Letizia, Leitare type of joy. And the big kettle drum that you'd have in marching bands or in bands, the loud and deep boom, that's a gaudete joy that comes up from the depths of the soul. And this joy, why the church is, is putting the third Sunday of Advent as a gaudete, is it's coming around the corner. Jesus is coming it's just around the corner. We've all experienced that. For example, even on, when we're on a trip and we got Google Maps in the car and, and you see at the bottom, you know, it's only 45 minutes left after a, a, a five-hour journey. We've only got 45 minutes. We're almost there. We're, we're getting happy. We're going to meet our relatives or whatever. Or we're at the end of the, we're coming to the end of the tunnel. I can barely see the light, but I know we're coming. I know that we're together. And that happened to me when I, was in, when I studied in northern Spain. Or in Spain, I was studying Salamanca with the legionaries there. And then in the summer, we went up to the north. And we went on a long hike. And one of our, my companions, from, who lived from, he was from Spain, from Burgos, he said, let's go to this tunnel. We can walk through it. And we'll get to the next province in Spain. And we said, okay, sure. And it's, it's called the Tunnel of, of the Enchantment. And uh, it's, it's six and a half kilometers long, about three miles long. And we had these little tiny flashlights with like AAA battery, you know, so it's not very, they weren't very powerful. So as we got going, let's say 15 minutes into the walk, it was pitch black, dark. And the opening, I mean, turning on that flashlight, it just, the darkness just swallowed up the light in one big gulp. It, they didn't help. Only if you just, Flashed it in your in your in your friend's face on the side, and this this is a, an image that of darkness of the desert that the people of Israel, the Jews were were experiencing, and therefore John, when he says when he refers to himself as a voice crying out in the desert, he's referring to in the prophet Isaiah chapter forty. So the verses or chapters from 40 to 55, more or less, are the, is a book, the part of the book of Isaiah, the three parts is dedicated to the Jews in exile, helping them understand there is hope. The Messiah will come. And it's therefore, in the desert, in this exile, darkness is always an exile. There is hope. Because God has not forgotten them. God will return. And as well, that's a, it's a way of teaching us that there is no joy apart from God. And the Jews were deeply experiencing that. And therefore, so soothing the words in this first reading. God is the joy of my soul. We can, whenever we're troubled, even just close our eyes and say those words. God, you are the joy of my soul. Because how often 
we are tempted to put something else into the God slot of that statement. You know, it could be my football team. (laughs) Winning the Super Bowl is the joy of my soul. Or the Rays winning the World Series, the joy of my soul. And being a Cub fan, you know, growing up, because I'm from Illinois, I never experienced that. (laughs) I never experienced that until I moved to Philadelphia. uh, That, you know, was like six years ago or something. The Cubs won the World Series. And my uncle, he was a farmer in Illinois, an Illinois farmer, and he, uh, an avid Cub fan. And every day at one o'clock, he would leave the tractor in the field and be there in his rocking chair watching the Cubs. And then when, uh, when they won the World Series, I texted uh, Father Stephen because he was watching the game too. And I said, Uncle Delmar just left purgatory. <laughs> he went up to heaven <laughs> because they won the World Series. So anyway, but we can find joy. We, we could substitute it for money, success, gambling. Gambling is a big issue. I'm just going to bet one more quarter. Or I know I can get this back. It's just that hope, but it's a false hope. It's a mirage. You know, here it is. I'm going to, here's the water. And it's just vapor. It's nothing. And that's what happens when we feel, try to fill our hearts with something that is not God. John the Baptist is proclaiming now, though in this, in this gospel, that the Messiah, the long-awaited, has arrived. And therefore, we relive these mysteries in Advent because we too experience in our lives exile. And exile is sin. Anytime we fall into sin, it's an exile. And God is waiting for us just to turn to him, to come back. God doesn't need a lot to rejuvenate us. He just needs a little turning. We're, you know, like a, an old door. Just imagine this, this old heavy barn door that's been closed for years. And all of a sudden, it's just, you start to open it. And it's just moving so slowly. But the light ushers into that dark barn. The heart, it just begins to open and God is there. And in the Gospel of Matthew, it talks about God as being a, that he won't snuff out a smoldering wick. You know, as an altar boy, that was a really important skill. Today, you know, well, these they might be wax candles here, but usually they're these artificial type candles. So, but as an altar boy, when I was growing up, you had to be careful with the snuffer because... If you press down too hard, that wick would be smushed into the wax and freeze over once the wax was, had cooled. But it was, it was very interesting trying to snuff it out and keep the glow of the wick in order to see the curlicue smoke just rise up. At least that was me as an altar boy that I used to do. But that smoldering wick, that little glow, is what is referring to God. That's what he always just sees to us. And therefore to give up those things that turn us away that we put our hope in 
And therefore, we can, as St. Paul tells us, we can rejoice, not for the circumstances. We can rejoice in all circumstances. Big difference. So if you're on the, at the, I don't know the name of the bridge, going to Tampa Bay, you know, and you're stuck in traffic, has it happened to any of you before? I think so. You can rejoice. I'm stuck in traffic. And not only that, I'm going to miss my plane. Ooh, can we rejoice in that? Yes, somehow, some way, Lord, the Lord has a plan. So as he says, rejoice in all circumstances. And why is that? It's because Jesus, the person of Christ, the second person of the Blessed Trinity, is the source of our joy. Not the circumstances, the person of Christ. And anytime we unite ourselves with him, we experience the transformational power. And that's why Mary, finally, with that responsorial psalm today, my soul rejoices in the Lord, her Magnificat, and she lived even at the foot of the cross with tears. She was standing at the foot of the cross knowing that Jesus, her son, would rise again. Pain and hope go hand in hand with the follower of Jesus.